Well, welcome to another episode of Breakaway from the Rat Race. And today I have the pleasure of speaking with Logan Freeman, who is the key principal and co-founder and chief development officer of FTW Investments. FTW is a multifamily investment company. And Mr. Freeman is overseeing all the company's acquisition and investment strategies and selecting the market. Prior to his entrepreneurial activities, Logan was an all-American college football athlete at the University of Central Missouri, where he graduated in 2013. And after that, uh, after his final season in college, he was picked as an undrafted free agent for the Oakland Raiders. Logan, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me. And it's a pleasure to be speaking to you and your audience today. So I, I'm really grateful for that opportunity. Well, it is great because I, I know a little bit about uh, your story. We've talked about it before and uh, it is, you know, you've made a significant transition, you know, sure. from college and college football and then being undrafted free agent and uh, for Oakland Raiders, uh, which is close to where I used to live in the San Francisco Bay Area. So, okay. uh, you know, so I know all about that. Sure. Uh, and then so tell us about that. And then kind of like, how do you ended up transitioning to be a, a real estate investor? Absolutely. Well, uh, I'll try to keep this abbreviated, but I grew up in Jefferson City, Missouri, which is the capital of Missouri's small city. And uh, it's just really, really, the capital is about all that's there. It's a great place to live. But I always ca categorize Jefferson City, if you've ever read Carol Dweck's book, uh, Mindset, as kind of more of a fixed mindset. And yeah. uh, I'm, I'm definitely wired for the growth mindset piece of, of yeah. that book. So great book. Check that out. But Jefferson yeah. City was a great place to live, but not necessarily a great place to prosper. And uh, my eyes started being open when I moved to Warrensburg to play collegiate football, like you like you mentioned. And, and thankfully, I had the opportunity to play uh, very early on in my career. I, I sustained a few injuries, which allowed me to come back. Uh, my fifth year uh, and really develop into a, a solid leader and football player. However, um, you, you know, as a, as a division two collegiate athlete, I played left tackle. Well, the scouts said, Hey, you're six, two, uh, you're a great athlete, but to play at the next level, you're going to need to move inside. You just don't have the length that's needed uh, to play tackle. And so I did, I moved in to play center and uh, I got picked up, like you mentioned as an undrafted free agent, uh, with the Oakland Raiders after uh, college. And so I went out to camp and I, my claim to fame is I, I was able to beat out a few guys that they actually, um, you know, drafted, which was exciting. Uh, but ultimately when you're, when, when your dream becomes your job, sometimes it's uh, it, it can misalign values and interests. And that's what happened. I, I lost all passion uh, for football. So when I was cut, I, I decided to not pursue football anymore and go back to school and finish my master's degree. And uh, at the NFL combine, I was 335 pounds. And uh, in less than six months from being cut, I had lost 120 pounds. Wow. I also had moved into a roach infested uh, apartment uh, because, you know, you don't make any money whenever um, you're, you're an undrafted free agent. And, and I had no scholarship. So I was driving an hour to work full-time making 265 cold calls a day oh. and, then, <clears throat> and then driving back uh, to mm -hmm. Warrensburg. Sorry, excuse me. Let me grab uh, some water. Yep, right yep. No problem. So I would drive back to Warrensburg to go to class in the evenings. Yeah. Well, I turned my, my car to what Zig Ziglar calls the classroom on wheels. <laughs> and uh, I really started to dive into the, 
the uh, godfathers of personal and professional development, Zig Ziglar, Jim Rohn, yeah. Tony yeah. Robbins, you know, Brian Tracy, yeah. all of the guys. Yeah. Also, podcasts were just kind of starting at that point. If you guys remember back seven, eight years ago, it was John Lee Dumas and, and Lewis House, you know, mm -hmm. Entrepreneur on Fire and, yeah. Yeah. and uh, the School of Greatness. And, and that just really started to, to resonate with me. And so I started reading books. If you're watching, you can see all uh, some of these books behind me here. And uh, when I finished my master's degree, um, you know, a big shift has, has, had happened, not only physically, but, but also mentally. And I secured another position with Jimmy John's as their youngest franchise consultant had ever hired. And mm -hmm. so I was on my way to move to Kansas City and start that position. Well, my father had uh, battled his uh, addiction with drugs and alcohol his whole life. And I remember the day that I was moving out of my apartment and uh, my father brought his truck up to help me move out. And my dad was a full Lumbee uh, Native American, 6'3", 250 pounds, could dunk a basketball, hit a, wow. a golf ball 300 yards, you know, I mean, uh, and he couldn't make up the stairs. And so I knew wow. something was wrong with him. Yeah. Um, less than two weeks later, my father passed away. Oh, and wow. so if you think about uh, me as a young man in this time, I, I was no longer an athlete. So I had to figure out my new identity. I lost 120 pounds. I was starting a new job and I just lost my father too. Uh, and so it was a very monumental moment in my life. And I, I remember reading or listening to one of those figures that I mentioned uh, earlier say, look, you know, there's going to become points in your life that it's going to be a fork in the road and you get to make the decision. You can either go one way, which is the road less traveled, or you can go take the route that everybody else does. And, you know, my father gave me the best lesson of my life. And it's that decisions matter and life is choices and your priorities in your life are going to want to dictate uh, your outcomes. And so I made a, I made a stand at that point and said, I am not going to go down the same route. I want a better life for my future family. And so I didn't, I wasn't the straight and narrow. Uh, I, I was dealing with a lot. I had to deal with a lot of different things, but I, I was able to pull myself up through uh, all of that, all of that reading and personal and professional development. Moved to Kansas City, was with Jimmy Johns for about a year, hit a glass ceiling very early on, went to the startup world here in Kansas City, loved it, was there for two and a half years, scaling a company, met my wife and the best man in my wedding, left there to what I thought was a safe and comfortable job. And 15 months in, <clears throat> the whole sales team was let go. And so I was fired. And so another decision point in my life, my wife had just started a brand new job herself. And uh, I called her, I said, baby, I, I got fired. And she said, um, that's okay. Check your email whenever you get home. And I said, okay, I'll check my email when I get home. So I did. And in that email, my wife had already started what is now the holding company for uh, all of our, our real estate assets. And she said, look, I'm going to support you in whatever you want to do right now. Go chase your dreams. And that gave me the ability to say, okay, it's time. And so that's when I, I dug into real estate and I, I went full force and as a head of acquisitions for a $50 million fund here in Kansas City. And I started to learn everything about finding deals, about funding deals, about getting them over the finish line, about uh, negotiation, all of it, right? Yeah. And, um, you know, when I was finished with that fund, which was very successful, I sat down with the sponsors and I said, guys, I'm sure you're doing well, but, you know, $50 million is a lot of money. Did you, you know, where did it come from? And they said, 
the magic word that I had never heard before as a young buck and, and green and, and just trying to figure it all out. And that was syndication. They said, mm-hmm. Hey, we syndicated these funds. And, and I literally had never heard that word. I'd only heard that word um, on radio shows, a nationally syndicated radio show, you know? Yeah, <laughs> and so yeah. I went back and bought a bunch of books, started going to conferences and figuring out how to build this business. Had a little money in my pocket. So I decided to buy a few pieces of real estate myself because I'm a big believer that I can't uh, necessarily use other people's money before I do it myself. And I learned some great lessons on those transactions. The number one lesson was this, you need a team to do this at scale. And so mm-hmm. I basically took took stock of what my my strengths and my passion was and overlaid that with you know, how the commercial real estate world works and, and decided to go find some partners. And that took about a year to find the right partners. And I finally did. Um, and that's kind of what lends us to what we're doing now, which is uh, acquiring uh, commercial real estate, uh, mostly affordable housing, um, workforce housing here in the Kansas City and in the Midwest area. And we've grown our company to about 11 employees at about 1,200 units now. Uh, we do own uh, a few other assets, a few hotels, uh, two office buildings, some single family homes and a neighborhood retail shopping center. Uh, but most of our, our portfolio is allocated towards the, the workforce housing and looking to grow that company as well. So I know that was a lot that might not have been the abbreviated version, um, <laughs> but I think I got the message across. Uh, absolutely. No, I think yeah, obviously there's a lot to unpack, but I mean, Logan, you were on a roll, so I didn't want to, I didn't want to stop, stop all of that. Uh, what I like also, I mean, if you will go all the way back to, uh, you know, to the beginning when uh, you were a, an athlete and you, uh, you're still an athlete, you're still in your mindset, you're still you're always an athlete. And I, what I like when I talk about athlete is that this, they're used to a couple of things. They're, they're very mm-hmm. disciplined. Uh, they're very focused on their goals That's and right. then that, that discipline kind of like forces them to stay, stay, stay and stay the course all the time. Yes. So this is, this is always very good. And as if you played the team sports, then you know that you, you know, the concept of a team, you know, that hey, you play, I, I play my position, you play your position and then That's together right. we're going to do something together. So and, and that, uh, that's also, as an entrepreneur, I think these team sports really help you kind of like build that, that, that concept or the fundamental, fundamental ma- mindset, I would say, yes. for, for building your team around you and then kind of like moving forward and staying focused. So I think you have, even though you had a lot of hardships, I think a lot of these, uh, these fundamentals or the fundamental mindsets were already in you uh, at the very beginning. And then you just kind of built on that and adapted to Absolutely. your new environment. So yeah, the, 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 the team sports piece of, I had never heard about setting a goal uh, before collegiate athletics, you know, I mean, I just, other than weightlifting in high school, I, I didn't know what goals were or how to reverse engineer and break it down into manageable chunks and take one step forward every single day. And our coaches and at the university of central Missouri made that very clear for us. We set goals as a team. We figured out what each person needed to do. And then we went to work on it. And it was very, very motivating for me and inspiring for me to be a part of a cohesive group moving forward. So I've always implemented that in my business uh, career as well to say, you can go farther, faster together instead of trying to do everything yourself. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, there's a lot, there's so many good analogies, business analogies in football is just, uh, you know, it's a big source of, uh, of inspiration, I think, for, for businesses. And, and I know, I think you've talked to my son, Antoine, uh, previously, but um, the, you know, he, he played like one year in, in football. And it was always interesting to me when the coach was speaking, and uh, they had set goals right. for the team and stuff like that. And it was run like a corporation. He yep. had like, you know, like metrics, he had goals and stuff like that. He was the CEO of, of the team. It That's was exactly just, right. just phenomenal. And so that was right there. That was a great, uh, a great, you know, fu- fundamental piece of uh, organ- organization, I would say, and entrepreneurship. Um, and yeah, so I think that this is, this is fantastic, fantastic formation and all of that. And obviously you were able to leverage that. Um, so if you don't have that in your life, if you're some of our listeners that say, well, I never played team sports and stuff like that, that's fine. You don't need to have played team sport, but you need to maybe find someone or read uh, like, like Logan has done, read or listen to other people uh, that have gone through that and learn from them kind of like what, uh, what you need, what kind of mindset, what kind of attitude, what kind of discipline right. uh, you need to uh, put in place in order to, uh, to be successful. The other thing I'll say about that, Eric, is that you mentioned hardships, right? It's all perspective, right? I think that you know, 90% of the world's population lives on less than $3 a day. And maybe it's not 90%, but it's a big number. And yeah, sure. I've been through some hard times, but I still live in the United States of America. I still have access to water and heat and cooling and clothes, you know? And so I think that, you know, Americans, and I'm not going to get on my soapbox, but I, I do believe Americans, if you think about my last name, free man. My dad was, yeah. my dad's family was slaves at some point uh, as, as native Americans. And I found out that they were very ingrained with the African-American community in the Carolinas way back when, but at the end of the day, we live in a country that allows you to have these resources. And, um, and so I've always kept that perspective in my mind, right. Was like, you know what, there's people out there that don't have internet. They don't have water. You know, they're just trying to find some food for the day. I've never needed that. So, you know, I always tell people that sometimes your greatest breakdowns can be breakthroughs in disguise. And if you live here in the United States, you have family, uh, you, you are better off than a lot of the other folks out there. And so I always, want to make sure that we keep that perspective because um, whenever I, I meet with folks, I, I sit on the, the board of directors for a nonprofit here that is, is helping to end homelessness. And I, I sit with those people and I see what they're going through, man. Yeah, sure. I I've, I've had some things that have happened in my life, but I have never needed or wanted for the basic necessities of life as well. So I think we got to kind of toughen up just a little bit, in my opinion, um, as Americans, because we got it pretty dang good here. Yeah. And I think, uh, yeah, I, I agree. I think people have the mindset that, well, some people, not everybody, obviously, but some people have the mindset that, you know, they should, it, it should be easier or it should be kind of given to them or, you know, but it's not always easy. I mean, you have to, That's you right. have to make things happen. Things are not going to happen on their own. I mean, so many people are kind of like, Oh yeah, well, it was not meant to be, or, you know, well, you, 
because it didn't happen because you didn't have this uh you know whatever this business didn't work yep. or whatever that doesn't mean that it was not meant to be that means that okay well how do i adapt how do i change things to make it work yes and, um, so this is a very different uh, different mindset and people kind of take a back seat and oh yeah it's not it was not meant to be and you know i i move on to something else and yeah you know, and if you but, go and read some of the best business leaders, uh, builders of our of our time, especially in the real estate world, think of Stephen Schwarzman or Sam Zell, Jeff Bezos. All of these guys um, typically don't come from uh, the background where something was given to them to go uh, create it bigger, right? I mean, they started something. And uh, Sam Zell's family was were immigrants from Poland, right? Stephen Schwarzman was a was a uh, you, you know a Jewish American family that was um, lower middle class, you know, and he's built the the most successful real estate company in the world. All of these different things, you know, if you just go and read history, you'll find that that thread uh, that that is very true and common uh, among entrepreneurs. And and I think that there's a lot of folks, um, maybe younger than even me, that feel like well. You know, maybe this should just be easier or given to me and I don't need to work for it. Well, that's the mentality that uh, many folks will uh, not adopt and then they will beat you. And I'm big mm. on winning. I love to win. I, I probably hate to lose more than I love to win. But winning is very important. Um, not just winning in, in financial life, right? I mean, it, it's winning on all aspects of your life. You know, it's your health, it's your mentality, it's your spirituality, it's your sustainability, um, all of those things. That's true winning. If you show me somebody who's very successful, professionally and has all the money in the world, but, you know, can't even look in the mirror. That's not winning to me. It's somebody who is well-rounded and has perspective on what uh, makes a great life. That's what I'm looking to accomplish. And I'm, I'll be, be uh, impatient with uh, actions, but patient with results. And I'm willing to do that. So anyways, I just wanted to add that because I think that, uh, you know, if you read some of the best books on, on, on these guys and gals that have started these companies, I mean, Sarah Blakely is another example of Spanx. I mean, she was selling copiers for seven or eight years door to door before she had the idea for Spanx. I mean, it's just yeah. incredible. That's yeah. where, uh, and, and living here in the United States gives you that opportunity if you so choose it. It might mm -hmm. take some time, but if you so choose that path, you have that opportunity. And that's why I love this country. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It takes some time, takes some effort. And, uh, you know, building a team around you and having the support. I think one of the things that you had in your life that you mentioned is the support of your partner, your wife, that's right into into doing this. And I think I can't stress enough the importance of your partnership and the people that are going to support your support system to, to right. make that happen. Um, you can't do it. You can't do it alone. You have to build a team around you. You have to people supporting you. So start working on that. Start looking Absolutely. at investigating. Hey, I want to, I want to invest in real estate and stuff like that. What, what do you think about that? Where, you mm -hmm. know, and learn about that. Uh, and then find the people that are supporting you, not the people that are going to say, ah, you can't do, you don't know anything about numbers. You can't even calculate uh, this. You don't have a, blah, 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 you know, so don't focus on these people. Find the people that are going to support you. They're going to help you. And there are tons, tons of people like that, that uh, are willing to help and are willing to assist and willing to, to mentor 
people to uh, to get there to uh, to be successful. Absolutely. That's what I found about this community, real estate investors in general, too, is that, um, I mean, we talk to each other all the time and I don't, I never have a sense that we're really competing. We're always kind of like, oh, this is what you're doing. Oh, this is interesting. How does that work? And, yeah, you know, we often share our numbers. We share, I was on a call yesterday with somebody in New York about kind of like thinking about a, a different business model for, sure. uh, for rental ownership and all of that. And, you know, there's like, we're just sharing, we're just investor, a couple of investors kind of like sharing ideas and stuff like that, running numbers. And, and it's Absolutely. Like, oh, wow, this, is, this is great, you know? Mm -hmm. So, yeah, so this is very, very interesting and very important, I think. So reach, reach out to other people, build your support system, build your team. And then um, this is a great way to move forward and, and ensure your success. Absolutely. Uh, the other thing too that you mentioned, I mean, you mentioned a lot in that beginning uh, section, you talked about the, the fixed, uh, the fixed mindset. Mm -hmm. And um, so this is kind of, and I have something about, about that as well, where, you know, obviously I have more like a, an, a not a, obviously, but I have an abundance mindset. I think there's sure. plenty to go around for everybody. So, you know, you feel free to share and all of that. Uh, I see also a lot of people have very static mindset. Like it's just yep. like, okay, this is, this is where I am and all of that. And I'm thinking more of, you know, like more like more dynamic mindset where things are changing on the world is changing, everything is changing uh, all the time, be prepared for change, have that mindset of change uh, consistently. Yes. What are your and, thoughts on that? And, and the growth mindset is one that says two things, one that my current circumstances do not dictate my future. And two, mm -hmm. if I can delay gratification now, I can be or have something greater later. And so there is a thread of stoicism, which yeah. is an ancient philosophy um, by many different folks, uh, Epictetus yeah. and Marcus Aurelius being my favorites. But yeah. you know, what I learned really early on was that when something happens to you, it's not good or bad until you decide that it actually is. It just is. And Ryan Holiday is a prolific writer on uh, stoicism. All of his books are fantastic. But what I had to really learn early on was you can change, you can become different, you can become better. And it will be difficult to do that because people will want to pull you back down to the level that they are at. And so the circle of influence that I had to start, you know, putting my time with was a lot different than what I spent time with in high school and in college. I needed to find people, business owners that were thinking at a different level so I could then be pulled up to that level. And so, you know, you just want to make sure that the five people that you're spending the most time with have that growth mindset, because if not, you know, you're going to rise or level, you know, fall to the level of the folks that you spend the most time with. So surrounding your, yourself with those types of people is so important to help shift that mindset as well. Um, you can read all the books, you can do all the things, all the affirmations, that's important. Uh, but at some point, if you're still spending your time with folks that have fixed mindsets, you're going to continue to get pulled back down. So got to find those people that are playing the game at a higher level, not only professionally, but mentally, and uh, spend time with that because I think it's so important. 
Yeah, absolutely. And yeah, this is this is key is finding the right the right people. I mean, this is if you want to be dragged down, I mean, it's easy to find people that are going to be dragged down. And you're exactly. absolutely right. I mean, you're kind of in the in the herd mentality where people want to keep you that's right close to their group and it's all oh, you know and every time you try to get out of the of the of the herd they bring you back and say oh be careful now you're going to lose your you're going to lose your house you're going to lose your car you're going to lose your job you're going to lose it. and then you know just to bring you back in so you have to find the right that's people right. people that have gone outside and say yeah yeah this is the grass is greener on the other side then uh, come on over absolutely and thankfully now today's day and age you can access that through uh, podcasts, through Audible, through all these different resources. I mean, it is the best time in history to be able to elevate that and then be able to actually reach out to those folks and spend time with them. I mean, mm. uh, we are more connected, which can be good and bad at the same time. But typically, if you use it to your advantage, you can connect with folks that are are playing the game at a higher level and have that mindset. And you can find them relatively easy uh, via, you know, a nice, easy Google search uh, yeah. for sure. So it's it's very nice to be able to connect with those types of people and build that network up now. Yeah. Yeah. Because when I when I got started in real estate, I mean, I, I my first apartment building I bought when I was 18 years old. And it's just because I happened to meet a real estate investor that was just a, a community college teacher. Yep. And I thought, oh, my God, I, I want to learn everything from him. And he mentored me. And I, this, with him, I bought my first apartment building. And but it just happened completely serendipitously, like by chance that I met this guy. And, um, you know, if if I didn't have that, like I, if I didn't have that chance, I don't know where I would have been. Right. Uh, but now with the Internet, with uh, YouTube, with all of that, all that's information you want to know about this. You want to know about multifamily syndication, multifamily investment. You want to know about this. It's all it's all there for you it to uh, to find the information and figure it out. So that's this this is an amazing time indeed uh, to be um, to be an entrepreneur and then to to be kind of like if you want to go outside your comfort zone. I think absolutely this is a, a great time. Absolutely. So Logan, let's talk about more like on the uh, more practical aspect of it. So sure. I've, I've built, you've built a perfect, uh, not a perfect, but you've built a, a solid team around you. You build a solid, uh, and by you, I mean, you know, our listeners, they've built, they've built their system, their support system, their team. And now how do I, how do they get started in your opinion to, to invest in real estate and to focus on passive income or financial freedom? Yeah. I mean, I think you have to start with the end in mind, you know, and Stephen Covey's book, um, you know, talks about that a lot. But, you know, what I find in this business is there's folks that want the benefits of real estate investing, but not necessarily the work. And then there's folks that are willing to put in the work uh, and garner all those benefits. And, and neither path is better or worse, you just have to take stock of kind of where you're at, your knowledge, your experience, the connections and the capital that you have. And so when I walk people through this framework, it says, okay, well, how much time do you have to allocate towards this? Okay. How much knowledge do you have on the, on this actual topic? Okay. How much capital do you have? And then who do you know, that's obviously doing this after answering those four questions, I can usually dictate if somebody should be an active real estate investor 
or a passive real estate investor. And so if you are really good at being a doctor or really good at being a, an attorney or an engineer or anything, right? I mean, if you're good at your job, you enjoy your job, I'm not going to tell you that you should become an active real estate investor, you know, day one. I just don't think that's a smart move. I think what you can do if you're interested in being in the business of real estate investing and not just being a real estate investor is you can take steps towards that. There's plenty of different, uh, you know, different masterminds and coaching programs that can help you kind of get to that. Uh, but what I find is about 90% of the folks that I talk to have listened to one of those podcasts. And for some reason or the other, they think they should be doing what you and I are doing, which is being yeah. an active real estate investor. And, you know, uh, too many times I, I, I say, look, I, I don't think that's the right route for you. I think that um, you're really good at, you, you know, what you're doing and creating value in, the, in that space. I think you should allocate a certain amount of your portfolio into real estate. And they're like, well, what are the options there? And then they, they learn about the different opportunities that they have, right? Either through turnkey providers that can help them with the management and they're mm -hmm. literally just uh, funding the deal or through a syndication. Uh, and I think a lot of people try to get into the active side of things and they say, oh my gosh, nobody told me about the, the legal, the accounting, the management, the operations, and then they stop. Because they're like, well, you know, I'm not going to do all that. I don't want to do all that. I got in this business not to be a landlord. Well, you know, there's there's ways to invest that you can. And so I think walking them through those four questions of knowledge, experience, connections, and capital, I can kind of create some sort of roadmap for them to say, okay, um, thank you for that. And I'll, I'll go research this. And usually they come back to me and say, hey, I appreciate that. Uh, I do have a, a goal of being financially free and out of my company in five years. I'm going to start working towards that. Um, or they say, hey, I love what I'm doing. I'm just going to allow uh, you guys to manage the deals and, and, and invest with you. And so they kind of fall into one of those two buckets. Some folks, uh, you know, teeter totter. And then I open up what we do on a regular basis and they're like, nope. One, I don't want to do that. And then two, I don't know if I can compete at the level that you guys are competing, right? It's like same with mm -hmm. you finding projects. I mean, yeah. you know, you guys are in that in the markets that you're in, dominating those spaces, talking to those owners. And uh, if somebody's just kind of doing it on the weekends, you know, it's hard to compete with guys and gals like myself and, and yourself and your company. And so it's like, well, maybe they should invest, get to know the business, learn a little bit more, and then create that roadmap for themselves. And sometimes it's a hybrid between owning some real estate themselves. Maybe they're they own a business and it makes sense for them to go buy a building and utilize the benefits of that. Um, but more often than not, I, I I walk people through this and they say, Oh, wow. I didn't know it was all, all that um, went into to real estate investing successfully. I'll let you do it and invest <laughs> with you. So, you know, it's, it's usually one of those two routes there. Yeah, I think we make it look too easy. I think, uh, you know, people because of course, for us, we're with our turnkey business. I mean, we make it we we do everything. We find a distressed property. We That's right. renovate it. We have the property management, all of that, all of these piece, pieces. Uh, pieces are in place and then you just basically buy the the property and the tenant is already there paying rent and all of that so it's it's very easy and people don't see the, all the work that goes in the in the background and then they think oh well i i could have paid a little bit less and stuff like that yep. yeah you could have paid a little bit less but you know are you willing to put the effort build a team on the ground and then all the pieces that we put together yeah so i think part of the problem is that we're making it looks so easy to uh 
to do rental, single family rental or multifamily uh, in your in your situation. Right. But yeah, there's a lot of work involved and there's a team. I mean, you have a team of 10 or 11, I think you mentioned. So yep. I think we have a team of about uh, six, eight. And then, uh, you know, on top of that, we have all the contractors and mm -hmm. the people on the ground on top of that. So there's a lot of people involved uh, to make it easy and smooth and then allowing me the freedom to talk to you and that's right. uh, have a great conversation so that's Absolutely. uh that's just good absolutely I find, yeah. I find also interesting what you mentioned too is you start with the resources right so uh and in my book uh, stop trading your time for money i mean this is i have this uh, what i call the strategy uh alignment triangle mm -hmm. and basically you set your goal which is let's say financial freedom and then, but the next thing is really look at the resources That's and right. then what time you have to dedicate, how much money you have, what kind of skill resource or access you have. And then uh, this is critical people. Uh, and then you pick your strategy that makes sense for that. It could be syndication. It could be turnkey single family rental. It yep. could be, uh, and maybe it could be active investment uh, into some deals. If you're a doctor, maybe you want to invest in some medical buildings because yep. you know about that. And this is kind of, uh, you have a little bit of a, a special knowledge, special skills around that. So, so I think this is critical. People need to take, like you said, like take stock of their resources and what they can do with that. And then make sure that all this is lined up, that, that your resources, if you don't have enough time to dedicate to uh, real estate, then don't pick a strategy that involves a lot of time and you flying out to uh, Kansas City to look at your apartment building and make sure right. that it's uh, it's good and you know managing all these people and all that. If you don't have the time, then that shouldn't be a strategy that you would consider. Um, so yeah, so this is this is pretty important, and I I want to me I want to emphasize that people need to look at that. It, along with the support team and then the uh and then the resources probably that the at the same level in terms of importance for how you're going to move forward and uh and make sure that you're successful i think the biggest piece of that is realizing that there is a difference between being in the business of real estate investing like you and i are and being a real estate investor and mm -hmm. that is something that's very important. And through that uh, mental model that you have created in your book, people can take that uh, and, and work through that themselves. I, I've done that similarly through blog posts and things like that. Uh, I'm sure yours is a little more eloquent than, than mine, but really it just comes down to understanding and having realistic expectations with what you're trying to accomplish and then putting that in, in action instead of you know, just diving in on one idea uh, without vetting out all of the different options that you have. And the Jobs Act of 2012 really opened uh, this industry up for us to be able to uh, utilize different types of structures, uh, digital mm -hmm. marketing and social media, uh, which was not apparent or not available for investors previously. So, you know, we're barely 10 years into this thing. And so the industry is ever changing. Um, I'm sure that many of your listeners and, and your, your, you and your team have, have seen that um, Congress is trying to pass an act that allow uh, us not to use our self-directed IRAs for real estate, you know? I mean, so things are always changing that we have yeah. to stay on top of. And a good uh, operator, a good business owner in this space uh, will be able to navigate those waters for you. 
Yeah. Well, thank you, Logan. Uh, as we wrap up, uh, so this was very good advice. You have a lot of, uh, you should have a list of all your, your top books. Uh, I don't know <laughs> I if should, maybe you yeah. have that on your website. But uh, obviously, you know, you, you're a fountain of knowledge and uh, it's a real pleasure to have you there. If people want to reach out to you, they want to know kind of like what is your next uh, investment project, your next syndication. They want to learn more uh, about you. How do they reach out? Very active on LinkedIn. So you can search Logan Freeman. I'm the one that says Mr. Kansas City. But our website is www.f twinvestmentsllc.com. And there's plenty of buttons there that will help you get in contact uh, with our team to be able to see kind of the projects that we've done in the past and, and where we're headed as well. I appreciate that, Eric. Thank you so much. Great. Well, thank you. Thank you, Logan. It was a pleasure talking to you. And I hope that you really inspired our listeners to, uh, you know, to really focus on their mindset, building the team, and then really looking uh, at their resources and setting the right strategy that will work for them. So thank you very much. Well, the pleasure was all mine. Thank you for having me. Thank you for listening to Break Away from the Rat Race with your host, Eric Martell. If you want to share your story and experience with our listeners, please message us on Facebook at Break Away from the Rat Race. Also, please subscribe to our YouTube channel and our podcast on iTunes.